This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This episode comes from our YouTube teaching archives. This week, we're talking all about emotional hypersensitivity. Now, do you believe you are too sensitive to other people or external situations? Perhaps you experience really strong emotional swings or emotional overwhelm because of what is going on around you. Well, if that's the case, this teaching is for you. We're going to be explaining what causes emotional hypersensitivity and how you can rebalance your sensitivity so that it becomes a positive, healthy and authentic asset for you. Okay, David, so to begin with, what is emotional hypersensitivity? So I think that's the good place to start. <laughs> We're talking about emotional sensitivity, not physical sensitivity. So be clear on what you're talking about. And this is such an important subject. I can tell you from all of the subjects, this one will cover all of the realm of the thing, the words you use or the bricks to build your house in. Be careful of what you talk about, the inner child work, separating emotions. Everything will be covered in this video. So bottle down and stay with us and let's see if we can clarify this all out for you. So emotional hypersensitivity then, David. Yeah, so I'm hearing this a lot now with my clients. So it's very interesting that we've had a question on, on it as well. So we used to, it used to be high sensitivity, but now they've upped the stapes. I'm hypersensitive, they say. I'm hypersensitive. And I think this is the first teaching that I want to get away uh, across to you. So if you use these terms, uh, what is it you're describing when I ask my clients this, they, after some thought, they say, well, I'm describing a feeling. So now are you calling a feeling sensitivity or are you describing the belief or the thought that creates the feeling? So let me clarify. Are you saying I am hypersensitive, which then creates emotional feelings or are you calling the emotional feelings hypersensitivity? So I would imagine that someone who says that they are a very hypersensitive person, they know that because they are experiencing extreme emotional reactions or feelings in response to what people are experiencing or saying around them or the situations they're encountering. And typically that hypersensitivity in terms of their emotions will express in what we call red light emotions. So labels such as anxiety, um, guilt, or physiological feelings such as sweaty palms, palpitations, shortage of breath tension in the muscles they are I guess 
those red light emotions and the physical expression of those, they are, would you say, the manifestation of no. being a hypersensitive person? Well, I'm just letting you try and explain <laughs> it, you see, because you know what we try and do on these videos is to simplify things. So you see there, right as Alex was, con was trying to kind of express it and explain it, how it starts to get confusing. So let me ask you, when you say, I am a highly sensitive people, person, or you go even more and say, I'm hypersensitive, what is it that you're describing in that word? Are you describing your red light emotions? And that's why in our model, I like to call them red light emotions. Or are you describing the belief that creates those emotions? That's the thing. That's okay. the first step on this journey. Stay with us now. That's the first step. Think about this yourself. Are you describing feelings or are you describing beliefs and thoughts that create the feelings? Okay, so to follow what you said, David, uh, I found it quite easy to reel off a list of red light it's emotions nice. and red light physiological reactions that go with those emotions. But if I dig a little deeper, which is kind of what you're indicating and think about what are the thoughts and the beliefs behind those emotions, then I guess my first response to you would be, I am a hypersensitive person because I'm very attuned to what is going on around me. I'm, I'm so finely tuned into other people's emotions, other people's reactions to me or situations where I perceive there's something going wrong. It's like I'm it's almost like I'm too finely tuned and then that fine tuning, that awareness in my thoughts and perhaps my beliefs, I don't know, we can talk about this, is then creating almost like those red warning light signals and it's saying to me, something's wrong, this is uncomfortable, this is painful. Right. <laughs> well done. Can you do that for yourself? Just as Alex has done. When you say I'm hypersensitive or highly sensitive or any of these words, are you describing a feeling or are you describing, Alex called it, attunement or beliefs or whatever it is that creates the feelings? Believe me, that one simple teaching now that we've done in the first two or three minutes can and will change your life. Are you saying and getting confused with your red light feelings and calling them sensitivity? Or are you redirecting? And this is where a lot of my clients get confused. Now, if you're like Alex and saying, ah, okay, got you. I am highly attuned to everything around me and that creates mm -hmm. red light feelings or I want to call anxiety, tension, stress, whatever, whatever, whatever. Then that allows you then to focus on this belief, on this idea of this mindset paradigm, if you like, of why are you so attuned mm -hmm. to things going around you? Mm. So, Alex, why are you so attuned if everything is going Ooh. around you? Well, I guess I would say, and a lot of other people would say, I've, I think I've always been like this. I've always been highly attuned and hypersensitive emotionally to what's going on around me um i believe that it's a good quality but the problem is 
it creates a lot of red light emotions because um, it means that my emotions are kind of swinging from one to the other and are kind of being dictated. My emotional experiences are at the moment are being dictated by other people's emotional states, other people's reactions to me, external situations. And that, so my inner world, my emotional world, I, I believe, and a lot of people would say, I'm sure a lot of your clients would say, it's like, I have this state of being, it's my sensitivity, and I'm hypersensitive. And then what goes on around me swings my emotions out of balance. And it's almost like I have no part to play in that. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's difficult for you doing role yeah. play. I know you're just doing role play. But we're trying to help you when you do that process. This is the golden thread. When you do that process, so first of all, separate. Am I, when I say I'm hypersensitive, am I talking about an emotion or am I talking about my belief system, the way I am? Some of my clients will even use the word natural. This is who I am by my nature. Is that what you're talking about or are you talking about your emotions? Once you say, no, no, I'm not talking about my emotions, my highly sensitive nature, my highly sensible mindset, my highly sensible paradigm creates the emotion. Can I tell you that's an important first step for you? Because that simplifies it. Now we're talking about this sensitive part of you. Do you control that? Have, and as Alex was doing the role play, could you see how she had to go? She had to go, well, I'm not really in control of that. Mm. I'm, I'm just open. And then here comes the greatest Wu Wei wisdom teaching. You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. Did you listen back, roll back the tape and listen to what Alex was saying? When she was role playing and developing that argument, she then had to become the victim mm. of other people's emotions. Yeah. Here comes the problem now. You are now a victim. You're like that cork on the sea being blown around by other people's emotions. And this is why this is such a fundamental, important subject for you to take your time and for you to go to one little step at a time. If, like Alex, when she was doing the role play, you are saying, no, 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 hypersensitivity is my nature, then, like a client I did just two days ago. Okay, what is, why is it your nature? What defines your nature? You're saying that that's like the color of your hair, the color of your eyes. Can you do anything about it? Are you a slave to that? Uh, I don't believe you are. I believe what's happened in the past. You've got this all confused. They all get involved with each other. And doing the golden thread allows you to separate because I'm sorry to talk so much, but as you said so many things there, the problem is, if you do not, then your emotions go on the pendulum that we talk about in many of our videos, from being hypersensitive, nobody has to, everybody has to tr tread on eggshells around you, from being cut off and trying to shut everybody away, push everybody away, isolate yourself, Keep, this is the pendulum. This is because you're not in control. And I remember Alex says, with the first video we ever did on this, high, highly sensitive people, Alex said something just live, and it was one of the best things she ever said, was sensitivity is your superpower. 
when it's used in balance, in Wu Wei. If you're a sensitive person, absolutely fantastic. That means you can deal with people, events, situations in a sensitive way. You are not a victim of your sensitivity. When used correctly, it's your greatest asset. Mm -hmm. So I think what I've heard you say there when you're talking about this idea of the pendulum is that we can be emotionally sensitive to other people Absolutely. and to external situations. And that's a fantastic quality Brilliant. to have. And that is authentic and in wu-wei balance. Absolutely. The problem comes if our quality, beautiful quality of sensitivity is knocked out of balance and goes to the extreme, which is being hypersensitive, yes. then it's almost like the tuning has gone wrong and we are no longer in control of our thoughts. Um, we're no longer in control of our emotions. And we then experience these extremes of emotional sw mood swings and we experience the overwhelm of red light emotions. That's right. We become the victim. We so become you become the victim instead of being in control. The whole principle of the Wu Wei wisdom is accountability and self-responsibility. You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim of them. And, and until you get this simple definition right about your sensitivity, I am, if you label yourself as a sensitive person, thank goodness, thank goodness, that means if we were talking, you would deal with me with sensitivity. That's all that means. I, I believe I am a very sensitive person. I'm very direct. I'm very candid, but I'm very sensitive. So I'm trying my best to deal with these difficult situations that we're discussing here. We're trying to simplify them. We're trying to say that these have a spiritual nature. And your sensitivity is of the spiritual nature. But that does not make you a victim. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that other people are controlling your emotions. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that other situations are out of your control. Or as Alex says in the introduction, you are overwhelmed. You, you cannot be overwhelmed because you create your emotions. This is why this is such a fundamental, important situation to get this definition absolutely clear in your mind. So I want to drill down a little bit, David, because you kind of indicated from the outset it's very important to not confuse the emotional feelings with the thoughts and the beliefs and that our sensitivity as a kind of filter, as a response mechanism, is determined more about from the thoughts and the beliefs than it is the emotions, which are the byproduct. Yes. So if, if we are a naturally sensitive person or a naturally highly sensitive person, that's great. We've established that. So well, where... I'm just going to stop you. Now, if we're all sensitive people, yeah. whether we want to be hypersensitive or what the opposite is, insensitive... Yeah. That's your choice. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say was, if we are, if we are naturally, or you know, some people more than others, but naturally sensitive people, 
That's a positive. Yes. Highly sensitive is also a positive. Hypersensitive is where it goes out of balance. Well, well, I, well, I would be happy just to keep it as you sensitive. are a sensitive yeah. person and not label it and not, not and not swing the balance. It. Okay. That, that's why I was just stopping you. I wouldn't say I'm insensitive or hypersensitive. Yeah. I would just say my reflection, yeah. like the. The best way I can demonstrate my sensitivity to you, I believe, is to be honest, be truthful, address things, I agree with you, disagree with you, do it in a sensitive way. Like when I just disagreed yeah. with you, I held yeah. your hand and yeah. I said, I'm disagreeing with you. That to me is I'm disagreeing with you, but I'm doing it in a sensitive way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what sensitivity means. But when we, sw when we flip... When our, our tuning of our sensitivity, if you like, goes out of balance and swings to hypersensitivity, what is causing that to happen? And it does that relate to our thoughts and beliefs? Yes. What, what moves us from a place of wu-wei balance to a place of imbalance? Yes. I would believe that that would go down to your core beliefs. And as I said at the beginning, normally in a child work, because something happened to you in a child, between that age gap, as I said, roughly between six and nine, that you didn't like. You hadn't got the wherewithal, you hadn't got the cognitive understanding, you hadn't got the connection to your spirituality to deal with what was happening in your childhood. And it would have been an emotional imbalance. It could have been that you were highly criticized. Could have been that you were constantly being compared could be that your parents were extremely judgmental about you. It could mean that the family environment were always hostile, arguing, shouting. Could mean one of your parents had difficulty with alcohol, with drugs. It could mean lots and lots of things. And so as a child, the right thing you did was to shut down was to block yourself off, was to what you thought emotionally protect yourself, keep yourself safe. And when you did that, that's what we've talked about, and go and have a look at our inner child videos, you create a vow. You create that really core belief right in the heart of you to say, I can't deal with this. This is all too much for me. I hate this. I hate disagreements. I hate confrontation. I hate arguments. And what that does then, that goes into your belief system. And when you see an argument on the horizon, when you see a confrontation coming towards you, you then immediately create the red light feelings because that's like hardwired. And then you say, it's because I'm sensitive. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's why this is so vitally important, this teaching here. You've got to sit, say, and then do the golden thread or contact us let, or join our community. Let us help you with the golden thread. What is the core belief? I can't deal with this. Why can't you deal with this? And then you'll go back, well, I couldn't deal with it as a child. Mm. I wouldn't have expected you to deal with it as a child but you're not a child now and you can deal with it once you recognize it, once you take responsibility for it, once you become accountable for your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions and your emotions. So I think this thing with childhood then, David, is really, I mean, you gave one example of if we're brought up in a dysfunctional household with, where there's conflict or upset, that 
we we as a child we're sensitively aware of that and because we don't want to re-experience that we or we make the vow that I never want to experience that again so we become we move from a place of authentic sensitivity good to a place of hypersensitivity on that issue for the rest of our life but equally if we in our childhood uh, believe or wrongly either rightly or wrongly interpret that someone uh, it kind of pushes away, or rejects us pushes us pushes us away says they don't love us or we misinterpret and believe they've left us or they're upset say my mummy or daddy are upset and it's my fault all those other experiences can mean that we we were as sensitively aware of it emotionally as a child we misinterpreted it because we weren't developed enough cognitively and in our awareness because we were a young child we misinterpret it we make the vow it's because of me I'm not good enough I'm unlovable they're upset because of me or they they're they criticize me because I'm not good enough or they didn't give me attention because I'm a lovable. We make that vow and then we move from the place of sensitivity, authentic, to the place of hypersensitivity that I will now do everything within my power as as an adult to avoid people criticizing me, avoid people leaving me, avoid people thinking I'm unlovable, avoid people thinking I'm not good enough, avoid people thinking I can't cope. So I, I am now in hypersensitive mode in terms of my beliefs that I do not want this to happen again. Exactly. And you see how long it took Alex to explain that. And so that's why it's very important for when you're doing this personal work, the golden thread, is to take your time. I call it microseps and to sort it out. It took Alex, what, a minute or two minutes to give that description. And then what we do Instead of obviously looking at that, we give it a label and we say, it's because I'm a sensitive person. It's because I'm a highly sensitive person, because I'm a hypersensitive person. And in society, then that almost gets accepted as there's something, you are more sensitive, or there's something wrong with you. You should have a label on your forehead saying, you've got to deal with me a little bit differently because I'm very sensitive. And that makes you the victim and it gives the power to other people. We've just done a series on the law of attraction. This core belief will then affect your energy and it will affect the energy that you attract in your life. And this is why it's so important to do the golden thread, the microseps. If you class yourself as a sensitive, hypersensitive, ultra-sensitive person, then separate your emotions, do the golden thread, and discover why you are this hypersensitive person. I will almost guarantee it. I can't say for everyone who's thousands of you watching it, but when you do the work correctly, it will go back to situations, circumstances, people in your childhood. Could be at school, could be teachers, could be being bullied, could be many of these things, abuse, and and it's and it's the way that you dealt with it, and it took you from that balance and what we're trying to help you is to come back into that balance you have everything you need you are awesome you cannot be somehow a victim you are the creator of your emotions nothing wrong with emotions emotions are wonderful but you are creating them 
So don't get this hypersensitivity, first of all, confused with emotional feelings. Make the separation. Then if you still want to say, I am a hypersensitive person, then do the golden thread and find out where that developed. Where did you get that first understanding from? My understanding. That's why I said at the beginning, there is so many of the mm. Wu Wei wisdom teachings involved in this, the what we're talking about. And so when, for people who haven't seen our videos before, when we say do the golden thread, we're referring to the golden thread process that we teach is our therapy model. And we've done several videos about this. But essentially what that involves is working down from the top level emotional feelings, whether it's anxiety, guilt, uh, stress, tension, all those labels, or it's the physiological feelings such as sweaty palms, shortage of breath, headaches, butterflies, butterflies in the stomach, working down from those feelings, digging deeper, asking those why questions, why is this happening, what am I thinking, down to the thoughts and self-talk, and then digging deeper down to the beliefs, and then digging one level deeper through the questioning process that we teach to those childhood incidences, yeah. those childhood experiences when we first create the vow. So from what you're saying, David, it's our inner child. It's that part of our mind that is now holding us because it wants to avoid at all costs those, a recreation of those red light emotions that it experiences in childhood. Can I just say something on yeah. that? Because that's very important. How that part of your mind that we label the inner child, you could call it your emotional mind, you could call it your subconscious mind, you can call it your ego. Our definition is the inner child because it acts like a child. Why it does that and why you accept it, why you don't question it, that we want you to do on the golden thread process, is that it convinces you there is such a thing as emotional safety or emotional protection. And yeah. that's what the inner child is searching for. Let me repeat that. That part of your mind believes there is a place called emotional safety. And therefore, if you believe that, even though intellectually you'll understand the teaching that you are a creator of your emotions, that part of your mind does not, does not believe that it creates the emotions. It believes it has to protect itself from the emotions, and that's why it believes it. If it says to other people, you can't act in this way, do these things, say these things to me, because I'm a hypersensitive person, and you have to walk on eggshells around me, and it has to be the way that I want it to be. That's the situation the inner child part of your mind is trying to get to. And also, I would imagine, David, in terms of if the main driver is emotional safety and protection, which logically we authentically know can never be achieved. But if our inner child is driving our thoughts and our beliefs and our actions, and we're striving for this ultimate safety and protection, not only are we expecting people to back off from us and because we're highly hypersensitive people, we are also, I guess, trying to manipulate the world around us so that we are safe. The, the inner child, our inner child is working really, really hard and 
the high emotional hypersensitivity is almost like a hypervigilance. It wants to think 10 steps ahead and be hypersensitive to anything that might go wrong, anything that may threaten it, either physically or emotionally in terms of anything that might happen that will prove that we are not good enough, we're unlovable, that we can't cope. It's like hyper emotional hypersensitivity and hypervigilance kind of go hand in hand Absolutely. for the Absolutely. inner child. Absolutely. The, if this is you, aren't you great at finding the worst case scenario? Isn't you, you're an expert of thinking of the worst case scenario in any situation? You won't think about... You, I'm not saying you ignore the worst case scenario, but why don't you put enough effort, the same amount of effort, sorry, why don't you put the same amount of effort in thinking the best outcomes? You never think of the best outcomes. You're so, as, as Alex says, hyper-focused, vigilant. vigilant. Yeah. I couldn't think of the yeah. word, thank you. Hyper-vigilant on what, is, what happens if, what yeah. if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And you spend all of your time and then look at that series we've just done on the law of attraction. If this is you and you're focusing your energy on all the negative bad things that can happen, guess what you're attracting into your life? And that's where it goes wrong. This is why this is such a fundamental subject, covers everything we talk about in, in, our, in, in our videos. This is where it goes wrong. And you have to come back to Wu Wei. And every amount of energy you create into vigilance of the bad things, you should be creating the same in yeah, the yeah, good yeah. things. Yeah. And that would bring you into sensitivity. Mm. So I just want to work through some examples to help uh, anyone who's watching or listening to, to start to notice. So the top level of the, of the golden thread process, notice when they're being hypersensitive emotionally yep. yeah notice the feelings and then that they can dig down a little deeper mm -hmm. to understand what were the triggers in terms of the thoughts and the beliefs that sat below it so if i'm at work and um my my boss com comes to me and says this was just this piece of work was just not good enough and kind of rolls their eyes at me and then walks off um and i'm i then experience extreme red light emotions oh you create i create extreme light, red light emotions um sweaty palms shortage of breath butterflies in my stomach what i would call anxiety i i am in hypersensitivity mode and i'm experiencing and creating those red light emotions so digging deeper to what I'm thinking and what I'm believing in that situation. I'm thinking along the lines of, oh no, he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me. I really wanted to prove that I was going to be good at this job. I, I knew I wasn't going to be good enough. This is really bad. I knew I wasn't going to be able to cope with this job. So all those sorts of thoughts and beliefs are going on below the surface and I am in hypersensitive mode and that's that's my filter system and, and that in reaction to what my boss has just done and said to me and their body language and, and their actions, I've experienced and created red light emotions because I'm thinking all these negative things are going on. Yes. So if that's me being 
hypersensitive uh, or is it? I don't know. How do I move from a place of hypersensitivity so I don't experience emotional overwhelm so I can actually deal with this situation authentically, correctly, and in a wu-wei balance? How do I move from hypersensitivity to one of appropriate, authentic sensitivity? Well, I would first of all understand why am I creating this red light if, on your example, the boss comes and throws a piece of work at me and says, this isn't good enough and walks off. Mm-hmm. I got to, to be honest. What my first thought of? Well, well that's not very good management te- mm-hmm. technique. That would be my yeah. first. But thought. I'm blaming myself here. This Thank is you. the problem. Thank I'm you. saying it's all about but me. It's not but about that's them. your belief. Yeah. yeah, that's your belief. Yeah. See, because I am quite happy to get something wrong. So if my management team came to me and said, "This is wrong," well, wouldn't a sensitive person say? Could you explain to me what's wrong, please? Because either I've misunderstood it, you've misunderstood it, something's gone wrong here. What is it that's gone wrong? Now, if that boss threw the piece of paper at me, stormed out of my office, the first thing that I would think, to be truthful, is he or she's got emotional problems, not me. Because if he's my line manager or my boss or my manager, he should be coming to me and saying, this piece of work is not up to standard, and this is why it's not up to standard. And then I can then investigate and say, yes, I totally misunderstood what the brief was, or I can't do that work, or you're asking me to do work that is out of my ability or my realm of knowledge, and I would deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. But I think on your example is a perfect example when I'm talking about the belief system. It's not about you being sensitive. It's about you immediately And this is why I'm always talking in these videos. You've got to slow this thing, that reaction down. You are majorly saying, it's me. Mm, That's the vow, isn't it? There's no evidence it's you at all. It could be him. It could be the brief is wrong. It could be he's picked up the wrong piece of paper. (laughs) He thought it was yours and it was somebody else's. I don't know. Equally, it could be because, as you say, they're they're in a bad mood and they're taking it out on you. But you can be sensitively aware of what's happened. You can be possibly sensitively aware of their emotional state. And then you can deal with the situation in a sensitive, appropriate way. Speak to the person in a, in a sensitive, appropriate way and, and, and deal with it sensitively. Absolutely. But the problem is when we're in that hypersensitivity mode, the emotional hypersensitivity, and our starting position is one of hypervigilance, our starting position is the assumption that it must be me. There's something wrong with me. I can't cope. I'm not good enough at this. All those three lies that we create in childhood, that then puts us on the back foot. And we're, and we're not going to deal with the situation correctly. Or sensitive. Or, ten- or sensitive. Because if that was me on your example, I would be then sending them an internal memo and saying, can we have a meet and tell me mm. what got what is it that I've done wrong or what is it you think I've done wrong or what is it I've misunderstood or whatever? But you, I need some more information, and that's what I would be doing. And I think that's a sensitive response to address someone candidly, straightforward, speaking your truth, being honest. This is all the woo mm-hmm. way stuff that we talk about in each video. And so I guess the opposite extreme. So we've talked about emotional hypersensitivity and why that's not a good thing in this situation. 
We've talked about authentic Wu Wei sensitivity. And the other extreme, I guess, is just not giving a toss. What yeah. it says, just ignore it. Totally not bothered, unflappable, doesn't, just don't care what anyone says to me. Or saying, right, I'll get him back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show him. Yeah, yeah. And you act as bad as they're acting. Mm. And there's the pendulum. Mm. There's the pendulum. And we want you in the center. We want you, your words, your actions, how you live, the way you walk and talk, to demonstrate what an immensely powerful spiritual human being you are, that you are awesome. You don't respond to them and do the same as them. You don't make yourself into a victim. Both of those mm. are nonsensical. They don't even make sense. You come back in the center, and this is why taking full accountability and responsibility for your beliefs and the thoughts and the emotions are the number one teaching on this hypersensitive person subject. So if we find ourselves in that sort of situation and we notice that we are creating an extreme red light emotional response, we look at our self-talk and we find that it's very negative, very self-depreciating, and that, that those inauthentic beliefs that we're not good enough, we're unlovable, we can't cope, have been triggered. What we need to do to move from a position of hypersensitivity to one of appropriate authentic sensitivity is to then go and examine and work on and look at those core beliefs because it's those core beliefs, unless we weed them out, unless we interrogate them, unless we essentially replace them with more balanced, healthy and authentic beliefs, we will constantly get triggered. We will, we will still be yeah. in. So although we can rationalize and calm ourselves down after this one event, something else will inevitably come along and we'll face the same trigger because we're still in the same hypervigilant Well, mode. the word trigger is very important because a lot of my clients will use the word, I am triggered, I am triggered, I am triggered. Again, that's a victim statement. Mm. That means other people can walk in and press your trigger at any time. You can't do anything about it. Poo you. Poo you. I'm just here. Poo me. Don't press my button. That's my button. Don't press it. And that's a victim statement. And I want to disconnect those triggers because that's your self-responsibility to be in control of those triggers. So as Alex says, you then sit back and do the golden thread and you find out why you reacted in that way. Don't give yourself this kill-all label. It's because I'm hypersensitive. Because it will never change. And then the rest of your life, you are being triggered by whatever happens. Yeah. And this doesn't get better over time, does it? You know this. It gets worse. You get triggered by more and more and more things. Your next-door neighbor, the person over the road, the person that looks at you funny in the shop. The person, it's, everything's triggering you because you're just this cork bobbing around on the sea and you've got no control. That's not Wu Wei. That's not the teaching. I want you to flourish. I want you to be in your flow. I want you to live the life that you should be living. You're awesome. And that's what I want for you. And so this idea of the triggers and understanding that we control the triggers because actually the triggers are created by our beliefs, yes. not by other people's actions or not by external situations. We've done a great video that explains a lot more about triggers and how you can control your triggers. And I will put a link to that for you. 
Now, David, I just want to run through one other scenario that I know affects a lot of people, and they use this term hypersensitivity in. What if we have a loved one? So whether it's a dear friend or a member of our family, say a sibling, and they come to us in a state of extreme emotional distress because, say, something's happened in their relationship or with their health. If I believe I'm a hypersensitive person, their state of emotional distress, I I kind of absorb that like an emotional sponge. If I'm not taking control of my sensitivity and I'm not taking control of my thoughts and beliefs, their emotions become my emotions. So in that situation, how do we move from a place of hypersensitivity uh, to being like this emotional sponge, taking on their problems, taking on all their emotions, taking on all their distresses, to one of authentic sensitivity where we can be a loving, responsive, helpful person, family member or friend to that person? Well, that comes down to the basic belief again. Do you believe that you create your emotions? So if it's a loved one, a child, a parent, a partner is going through a really difficult time, perhaps redundancy, perhaps death, perhaps ill health, perhaps a breakdown is in relationship. So that's their emotions and their emotions might be totally appropriate for what they're going through. Remember, I'm not saying emotions are bad and you shouldn't have them. I'm saying the opposite. Emotions are wonderful. They're your greatest asset as long as you realize that you create them. Now, if if it's a child and they're going through real trauma, real traumatic situation, so how do you want to deal with that authentically, truthfully? And this is what, do you believe that they inject their emotions into you. They somehow pass their emotions over to you. It's transferred through the air. Then you need to explain that to me. Now, if somebody you love comes to you tremendously broken-hearted, upset, I'm not expecting you to go, oh, well, you're stupid, because you've gone the other way. You've gone to insensitivity. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the pendulum is telling you. I'm also not expecting you to say, well, let me sit down and cry harder than you've cried. Let me be more upset than you're upset because they've come to you for help, for guidance, for another way, another paradigm to look at the situation. So you wouldn't want to swing to extremes but you, you wouldn't be saying, oh, pull your socks up, don't be stupid, oh, da, 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 because that's insensitive. Mm-hmm. You would listen to what they're saying, and this defines you, how you listen, how you respond. But that person has come for you, to you for a specific reason, because they think that you can give them another paradigm, mindship, view, perception, whatever you want to call it on their situation and copying their situation being as upset as they are is not giving them a different perception it's saying i'm as bad as you in fact you're drowning let me jump in the pool and i'm drowning with you Mm -hmm. that's not going Mm -hmm. to help them so that's why this cure-all this label i'm a hypersensitive person 
It's so confusing, and that's what we've tried to sort out in this video. Deal with it that reflects you. Deal with it in the best way to help them and to help you. Yeah, and I think with that example, David, for a lot of people, it goes back to this thing in childhood where if they saw a family member or a parent in distress or upset, when they experience a similar situation, uh, someone who's very important to them as an adult, it almost takes you back to when you were a childhood. And as a child, we didn't understand and we, we didn't want mommy or daddy to be upset. Um, we may have assumed they were upset because of us. And so we've carried that childhood misunderstanding from from childhood into adulthood. And when we for some people, they can almost believe that it's their it's their it's their total role and responsibility. Yep. Now, I'm not talking about a child in your care. I'm talking about an adult. When you're relating to an adult, a friend, family member who is in distress, we can have the belief that it's our role to make it better. Yes. To make it better for them. Once they feel better, once they're not in emotional distress, then I'm okay. I won't be in emotional distress. Exactly. And we've carried that misunderstanding. Exactly. And that's why, again, it's this hypervigilance. If everyone around me who who is is I'm is I'm in love with and who is important to me. If they're okay, then I'm okay. Exactly. And that's a huge misunderstanding. It is. And so if you call yourself a people pleaser and doing what Alex is, is suggesting, this is what I see all of the time. If they're all right, then I'm all right. What you're doing then, you're becoming a control freak, mm. a controller, because you're trying to control other people so you're all right. And that's where it goes wrong, because you are the creator of your emotions. When you believe that 100%, this is such a release, because if you create your emotions, they create their emotions. Yeah. You cannot be responsible for their emotions. You can help them, guide them, look at the perception, offer them another way of looking at it, change their belief system, help them to change their belief but you don't create their emotions. And I think, David, when you said that to me, it's like what the answer here is not about turning your back on someone you love. No, it's the opposite. It's not about ignoring your boss when your opposite. boss says there's a problem with your it's work. It's about sensi being sensitively aware of what's going on with a person, with the situation, and addressing it in a sensitive, creative, resourceful manner but not getting bogged down by thinking it's our job to make everyone feel great. It's our, it's our job to please my boss at all costs. It's, it's almost like it's such a release of our energy because when we're in that hypersensitive mode, when we're in that hypervigilant mode, when we're trying to control the external world, so there's no problems, there's no upsets, there's no misunderstandings, and everyone thinks we're great and we're lovable and we can cope. That is such a waste of our energy. And, th and this is why it's such a vast subject. I'm sure we'll return to this because we, we haven't even scratched the surface. Because as a child, we are constantly told things like, you make me mad, you upset me, you, if it wasn't for you, why wouldn't we believe that as a child? Why wouldn't you believe that as a child? But that doesn't make it true. And that certainly doesn't make it natural. Mm. 
And this doesn't mean to say we disrespect our parents. Respecting your parents doesn't mean to say everything they uttered is the truth. And this is the reflection to look back now. And that's why we try and bring it down to the simplicity, to spirituality. You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. Once you get that 100%, then someone else is the creator of their emotions. And if they come to you in an emotional state, they're saying, I'm stuck in the carousel. I can't see a way out. Then you can help them. Don't jump in the carousel with them because you're just as bad as they are. And that's why this is so important for your spiritual well-being. This is so important for you to define your life. These teachings will change your life without a shadow of a doubt. Mm, brilliant. So, David, just to summarize that, what is the life lesson here? <laughs> you are the creator of your emotions, not the victim. Yeah. Can I say that? Because I would say the majority of the people that book with me on a one-to-one intellectually they accept that but does that part of the your mind that we call the inner child do they accept that and i would say no and that's your job is to listen to that part of your mind understand why they don't accept it and then guide them coach them educate them until they do understand that Emotional safety, emotional protection cannot be achieved if they believe that they create their emotions. Mm, exactly. And that your sensitivity is a beautiful, beautiful superpower of equality. And it's all about bringing it back into the balance by doing the work that we've alluded to and we've talked a little bit about in this video. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one -one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.